Welcome everybody to our new show, our episode 9 of Mostly AV. Starting to get the name right. That's right. <laughs> Bros on ya. Yeah, okay, and in today's show, well, let's get rid of our disclaimer here is that all opinions stated on the show are that of the individual person yep. and does not reflect our, any of our employers or any company in general or anybody on earth besides ourselves. That really doesn't mean that much. That's true. That's true. To begin but, with. I know. Well, it just we, means we, still, don't sue we feel us. better when we say that. It's like TSA. We like that false sense of security. That's right. And on, on today's episode, we have special guest, Joe Smart. Hello. Longtime AV veteran. All right. So, Joe, All right. Thank tell, you. tell us a little bit more about yourself. Who are you? And why the hell do we have you here, Joe? Well, I have no idea. I guess <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm what they call the worst plan B ever. <laughs> So uh, all the other, all the other uh, plan A's and plan B's were, and then there's me. But uh, I no, I'm I'm excited to be here. I um, have uh, been listening to you guys. Um, I'm a huge fan of podcasting. I listen to them. Um, I'm developing a couple, and uh, so uh, this this is this is really cool, you know. And to see your setup and and uh, w- having worked in uh, various parts of the industry. Um, don't know uh, what I have to offer other than um, I feel like I'm one of these guys that I've had a unique journey and that I've seen a lot of ground, um, wh- whether it be from a high or low level. I, I, um, I started out years and years ago, um, and uh, I'm one of the guys that recording schools worked for. Right. <laughs> yeah, no. so, you know, you hear all the stories about how trashy they are and that kind of thing. And uh, I, I was uh, I was working for um, it's a good story. Yeah, I was, I was working for a guy um, at Full Sail in the operations department while I was going to school there. Uh-huh. And um, by the way, a couple of the guys that are within the same month or six weeks of me in class wise. At full sale, so I'm 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 not uh, necessarily the standout here. Uh, Andrew Coleman, um, he works uh, for um, what's the guy that did the song Happy last year? Um, Pharrell Williams. Pharrell Will. Yeah, he works in Virginia for Pharrell Williams. He's his that en- sounds engineer. like a nice gig. And uh, so so Drew does a ton of stuff with NERD and and Pharrell. And uh, my mind blanked out for a minute. And and then the other one. Uh, was uh, Frank Scambalone, who um, was uh, in class with us, and 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 Frank uh, is is uh, a Claire Brothers employee and is a personal front of house mixer for uh, Luke Bryan, who was oh. doing stadiums at this point. You know, so there was a lot of talent. Where was the school? Uh, full Sail in Orlando. In Orlando, and this was um, that was when. Um, it was only a film school and an audio school. Uh-huh. It was only an audio school to begin with. Now they're doing all kinds of digital media and that kind of thing, and they've really spread their wings into other stuff. And and um, but uh, they had the amount of gear uh, that you could only see in magazines. Yeah, right. And if you applied yourself and stayed after and right. asked lots of questions and bug professors and. That kind of thing. And I was kind of headed down the road of a recording engineer and realized, thankfully, that I did not have the attention span oh, yeah. uh, right. to listen to 900 passes of something and, and make great judgments on it. Um, I hear you. But uh, <laughs> I, in, in working there, 
uh, on the side part time. Uh, I was uh, picking up VIPs, guys like Skunk Baxter, Greg Bissonette. You know, I'd get to right. pick them up from the airport. Nice. It was a fun, fun job, right? right. And uh, Richard Bratcher was running Shoco uh, out in Dallas. And he came by, and and uh, Steve said, uh, had him over for dinner. They were personal friends, and, mm-hmm. he, and he basically said, hey, Richard, I know you're here to interview A, B, and C candidate, but uh, there's D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I've got this kid that works for me that's, uh, that's from Texas, and he's a good egg. Right. And uh, so Richard kind of came around and found me, and he said, uh, you know, Steve says, you're a good egg. And you're, he said, I'm from Lubbock and you're from what, Lufkin? And I was like, yeah, I, you know, small town, both of us. Yeah. And he said, why don't you come see me when you get out of school? Oh, excellent. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. And, and I, here's what's funny is, is I, I went to see him when I got out of school mm-hmm. and uh, scheduled my meeting, <clears throat> went over there. He gives me a tour of the shop and he goes, well, what do you think? And I was like, man, I think it's great what you guys do here, you know, and. He's like, well, what do you want to do? And I was just like, I don't know. I'm still looking for, no. He goes, no, no. Do you, do you want to come work here? And I was like, is that on the table? I, oh. I literally did not know. <laughs> I, I took him at face value right. of, I, w- I was so country dumb that yeah, I was just like. Went over your head. Yeah, go come see you, me yeah. after school. So and and you know, I, I was not the best candidate they ever had, but I was one of the hardest working, um, even there. Wow. Staying okay. late to this day, rigging. you're still not the best candidate. No, but no, you will no. outwork everybody. In your I, I have to because I don't have it between the ears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's much like my love life. So uh, you know, I I uh, I I worked there for uh, four or five years. Um, it's a uh, very t- very physically and mentally taxing touring right. and that kind of thing. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, I eventually, uh, did some time, uh, in manufacturers representation for some, some of the blue chip brands, some right. of, uh, audio some products. of them are still blue chip brands. Yes. Audio products, uh. rack products, microphone products. You would know all these right. people. Um, and, um, I did that for a while. When I moved to Houston, um, I went into, um, Integration. Integration. Yeah. That's when I met you. You yeah. were at integration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, and and that was an interesting experience because I, I had I had it between the ears as far as audio went, and and even had a fair amount of video chops. You know, I could get around. Um, by the time I got out of that. I learned how much of a construction game it was. I know. Yeah, it's totally construction. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, don't, they don't tell us that. They yeah. tell us it's AV industry. Yeah. It's you about guys were... experiences and it's about building things. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. 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 Right. That, that's the most disappointing part in, in um, commercial audio video is when you realize that you're wearing steel toes or orange vest and a hard hat every day of your working week. Mm-hmm. You're in construction. You're not get, you're you're not behind the studio mixing an album. You're yeah. in construction, and <laughs> yeah. for some reason, the GC but, has more respect for the electrician. You're not going right. to be tipping Heineken's with the band, brother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but, no, that's good. that's it. And yeah. um, so uh, my 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 focus there, you know, which is a little different. Than some of you guys is um, I was doing mid to high end house of worship, and um, 
had some success there because uh, they they require a lot of performance audio mm-hmm. systems, and and that was something I was able to talk about. And you know, once you've done Farm Aid, you know, there's not really a church that scares you off, right? Sure, <laughs> right? sure. So, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're like, okay, we can handle this. It's just more mm-hmm. speakers, or you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's just, just a little bit. Although more. it's it's quite a bit more technical now. Oh, it uh, is drastically. What I used to because I come from I have a production background as well. Is um, in the in the commercial AV, I used to always get talked to. It's like, well, how come you don't freak out? How, you know, do you not? You don't care? It's like, no, I, it's not that I don't care. It's like freaking out. It's not going to help anything, right? It's like I come from a production world where it's like, no matter what happens, no matter who dies or ODs, doors are at seven. Yeah, show starts at eight. Right. No matter what, and there's no point in freaking out. Let's just, what's wrong? How do we fix it? Let's fix it and move on. You know, and that's the way you got to take it. You know, even with this big giant projects where there's you know ton of money on the line and a lot of things. After like that. I had a few years under my belt in in integration, I kind of had the same feeling about construction because every now and then yeah. the owner was a friend of mine and he'd come to me and he'd be like, "Oh my gosh, this happened!" Or they moved this deadline on me, or you know, somebody drove a lift into the mud or you know something right. like that. And and uh, I remember saying to him, "Yeah, it's construction." Right, it happens. Yeah. That's I, I, and and so almost whatever can and will you know will right. happen will happen, and it's, it's it's almost a guarantee where if the project over a certain amount of money, they're going to take a week or two off the deadline. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it 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 never fails. It's like oh, by the way, you know, we told you we need it done in six weeks. Well, we need it in four now. Yeah, and guess what? The electrician's deadline didn't change. Nobody's did. did. Yeah. Right. No, nobody's did. It's like, but now the whole thing needs to be done quicker. It's like, so now your 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 due dates before the electricians finish your part that you need to get started to begin with. <laughs> so, so I told you I was a fan of the podcast. I, I oh, thank you. I uh, have been listening and. Uh, well, we're so, going to have both of those fans on. So Joe's first, <laughs> and y'all just y'all stay tuned. We'll, our our second fan will be on within the next thirty days. Are, are, speaking of due dates, are are you going to tell me what what was the line again about um, women and pregnant and oh yeah yeah uh, and the due famous dates? Line. when 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 pushing those those construction meetings is like just because you can get nine women pregnant does not mean that you can have a baby in a month. Yes, you know? that is one of the greatest things I've ever heard. <laughs> That's a good line. No, I, know. I love that. It's there just... was some gold in that episode. There really was. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was writing in my sleep. You know, so uh, we'll blame that on somebody but me. But yeah, so so I'm I'm back in the manufacturing game now, and and um, and how long have you been back on the manufacturing side? Um, almost four years. But this time you're directly with the manufacturer, right? Yeah, you're not with the rep yeah. firm. Yeah, which is a different experience. Um and um. Do you feel more brand loyal? I choose to be more brand loyal. I I, I think I have my own personal reasons now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think um, it's less of an assignment, and, and this is a little more personal for me. Um, yeah. And uh, that's good, you know, because that oh, means I, I work from a place of, of, of honesty. Um, that's got to be more comfortable as well. It is, I, and and I know I know how this company is going to support its dealers, and I've I've, right. I've been a I've been both a customer of theirs. Well, it's a know, highly and, reputable company. Yeah, so yeah. So, um, so I'm 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 really happy uh, in that situation, and uh, very fortunate that um, I get to um, show innovative products and 
and uh, and uh, you know work for somebody that uh, I know that the the team there is as scrappy as I am about right. pushing real hard and backing each other up and making everybody's experience as great as it can be. You know, I mean yeah. everybody everybody has a bad day. I think um, it's what you do next that matters. Oh, absolutely. That, 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 that's a good saying. Right? Absolutely. So what are you seeing in tr- uh, trends coming in the audio side? What, what have you seen over the last four years, the evolution? I, I, Less Cobranet. I wish I would have <laughs> bought stock in Dante. Apparently, oh, apparently, I know. Apparently, hit the Motley Fool the yeah. other day. Oh, and, did they? And I didn't even know that they were publicly traded. Oh, I did. They're down under, right? They're Australian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Apparently, they're on the Nasdaq. Uh, so I didn't. I didn't go look this up, but somebody told me about it, and I was like, "Oh, I know, right?" But um, uh, you know, I, I I know we're not talking about anything that sounds like new news, but uh, God. If you talk about the last five years and don't mention Dante, you're you've missed it. Yeah, and um, so I'm really impressed with um, uh, some of that, and um, you know what it allows us to do, and 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 the functionality, and and it's just I'm I keep learning about it and right. how to make it do new tricks and. So knowing that and all, it's gonna put you on the spot a little bit. Oh, Dante yeah, yeah. slash AVB. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> do i want to get in the middle of that no i mean predictions uh okay is it, is it, is it a vhs beta battle yeah it seems to be um uh you know um everybody's making their best judgments um i was with a company an unnamed company many years ago when i saw the beginnings of avb um, mm-hmm. probably demonstrated one of the first times ever to a large group. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at that time, it's my understanding the name was Ethernet AV. Okay, right. And where was this? Where was this done? This demonstration was it in near an auditorium? <laughs> okay, near, near the beach, <laughs> somewhere in the middle of Florida, maybe. Yeah, I was in the United States. Was it in yeah. a Was it in a whisper suite? No, no, us. it was it was a large group. It was you know there were there were twelve hundred people in the room or, uh-huh. or that kind of thing. I'm I'm not on the inside of anything. I'm I'm always last to find out everything. But um, I was very impressed at the time. Uh, but I remember them talking about video. But I it seemed like that was fifteen years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now it's gone through name changes and all this other kind of stuff. But I would say the main strike against it is how long the V has taken. Right. That that would be the shutdown. But right. I think they've given Dante the time to um, ADAT the world. Now, yeah. now, does anybody, everybody know what I mean when I say ADAT the world? I mean, probably Task MDA 88 versus the ADAT. Versus the ADAT. Um, time code lock, there's no question that the Task MDA 88 for recording in a, in a, in a home studio or even small B studios and that mm-hmm. kind of thing all over oh, yeah. um, was a superior machine. However, right. the you, ubiquity well, of ADAT yeah. swallowed the Task MDA 88. In, in, in certain ways. Uh, Actually, having personal experience with that, that was also very regional. Oh, was oh, it? that's interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you went to the the coast, it was ADAT. 
Central, South, it was D88. Certain industries, like for instance, if you went for the rock metal yeah. music genre, they were eight at. Because certain people used them. If you went to the hip hop, oh, it was D88. They- it was, I mean, and the reason, you know, part of my knowledge with that is that at that time I was doing uh, professional studio sales. Yeah. And um, that's what I saw. Did that, you, you have know. a studio and a box solution at the time or you weren't actually, that visionary? No. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I owned a recording studio of some type mm-hmm. since the 80s up until the early 2000s. Okay. When I retired from that. You wrote it all the way to you could still make money. Well, no, I wrote it all the way till I had, there was a personal situation in my life where that caused me to retire from recording. Yeah. Were Uh, you sexually assaulted? No, actually. It's a safe place. You can share this with us. Actually, a client who had become a really close friend Uh uh, was killed on his way home from the studio one day. Oh, no. And at that time, I had accomplished so much in my recording career. I already had a couple of Grammy nominations. Uh, there you go. I was working with uh, really cool. major artists. I know. You know. At that point, I was just a mixing engineer. All I did was mix. I didn't really record anymore. Yeah. I was just mixing albums. And, you know, that, that caused me to kind of back off the studio. And in that world, your, your black book, your client list, doesn't wait on you. Sure. You know, if, you know, it's like, well, you know, me going through a personal issue or personal. Yeah. Morning. Morning. Um, doesn't, you know, they're, they're going to find the next guy. They're going to, you know, because they need their album mix. They need their song mix, whatever. And I, I understand. At, plus, at that point, I was also kind of at the point where I was examining my life and going, it's like, you know what? I, you know, what I dreamed of doing when I was 14 years old, running sound for my buddy's band at, you know, at Fitzgerald's or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've outdone, you know, two or threefold, you know. I've had very it's popular, cool. yeah, you know, celebrities in my studio. I mean, people that are legends, you know, sitting across the glass from I me. think that's one of the best things about this business. Yeah, absolutely. Especially guys like us that started out in production. Right. And wanted, you know, right. you know, you guys have had that bait and switch episode, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, for a, t- <laughs> for a time. Yeah. Before the bait and switch or before, yeah. before my body got too old for it. Yeah. You know. Um, we were living the dream. Yeah. 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 I mean, for me, I, I literally consider one of the few lucky people that I know of that can actually take a, a lifelong dream and consider it checked off the list. That's badass. That's pretty you cool. Know? I've pretty much given up on the supermodel thing. I mean, I was never tall enough anyway. So they got five, some websites four. now. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about a super hand model? <laughs> Oh. How many? I mean, how, count on one hand how many super hand models there are, <laughs> or super hand job model. No, I did not say that. I'm, it I'm was here. There. I'm here for the four thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I take that back. I didn't mean that employer. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're using it in the right context, it's, um, exactly. I'll, t- I'll like, take this opportunity to remind everybody about our uh, disclaimer early on <laughs> exactly. in the show. <laughs> A meaningless, worthless disclaimer. That right, we and, and obviously humor is a big, giant part of the show, and what we, how we have fun with a serious subject. Absolutely. So, so, uh, so you, how, well, how big's your territory? I don't know, by the way, anybody that is in this business that does not have this twisted sense of humor. Oh, I agree. Yeah, uh, because oh, I mean, I it's very know. intense what we do, and 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 people's hobbies. 
Yes. And their twist, twisted sense of humor seems, oh, yeah. seems to be equal to the amount of stress and, and craziness we right. deal with. And, yeah. and I don't think that's on accident. Or commiserate. No. Yeah, commiserate yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, that's what I've noticed. Like running into, you know, from the production people to the retail people, the MI people. Yeah. The, you see the craziest hobbies with the people that are in here. I mean, I, I've known people that are like fire spinners and, you know, people uh-huh. that weld art cars and, you know, all the way to people, you know, that have giant gun arsenals and everywhere in between, you know, from every gamut of you yeah. know, political spectrum. And, and it's fascinating. And, and but what, what I do find the commonality between all those is that how passionate people in this industry tend to be about their, you know, quote unquote thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever yeah. they own. Yeah. I, I would agree. Although there are some some sensitive people, some people take it a little bit too seriously. Yeah. I, I understand the passion. Lighten but... up, Francis. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> You're not working you not... for Carl Storch. You ain't saving lives. Come on, you <laughs> Lighten know? up, Francis. You know, yeah, right. a little, just a little snowflakey. I'm yeah. like, oh, I didn't realize you were that easily damaged. <laughs> we we we've got a place for those people. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, we call it timeout over in the corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think all those people has been some of the, the kind of like, honestly, because my entire adult career, I've been in this industry, and that's been some of the funnest experiences. All the people that I've ran into in this career, oh, you absolutely. know, actually from you, you two guys, you know, and everybody, everybody that we've heard on the show so far, and then some, um, back to the days when I was, you know, managing in an MI a store, you know, and... Which is, by the way, people don't know that's kind of like musical instruments and yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, before that, you know, uh, I was the recording studio guy at a boutique shop that also sold big production stuff and running into those freaks, you know, because all, it's all the studio hermits getting to know all of those guys in town. And, you so know, how do we get the next generation to come on board? Yeah. The, the next generation is coming on board, but they, they think in terms of plugins. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. maybe we're back to that. What's new? Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and they my, don't and, appreciate the form factor well, of I a BNC connector. I, 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 <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I do. I you know I, I like any locking yeah. connector. Um, I'm talking to you, HDMI. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but on the on, on the audio front, yeah. Um, yeah, that's very it's, different. It's 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 kind of crazy, you know. The conversations that guys have now are all about waves and plugins and and how many of these can we stack and you know how are we using them. And I know it makes me the get off my lawn guy, but um, you know we we were all about the gear and the quickest, cleanest. Hottest, Batman. cleanest signal we could yeah. send from point A to point B with as few stops. Yeah, and they nope. and are they architecturally thinking differently now? Oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's a different. I mean, right now, and this is from uh, like when I was doing the studio world again. That was twenty years ago. Right, right, right. Uh, it, a, a twenty year old today who's passionate and just as in love with it as I was then. Mm-hmm. He, they've never, they've never touched, physically touched a two-inch tape. Yeah. It's very possible that they've never touched a TT patch cord or a TT patch bay or seen one in person. Oh, a buddy of mine posted a picture 
of uh, his daughter staring at his wife's iPhone. His wife was showing her a picture of a, a of a VCR. Yeah. <laughs> and she was a teenager. You should have seen the expression on this girl's face. What is that? I yeah. mean, it's oh, I, got, I, got, I got the absolute <laughs> cutest technology generational gap uh-huh. story. Back in my first marriage, uh, we had uh, my stepdaughter, who at the time was, I'm going to say six or seven. Yeah. Uh, we had a roommate, and actually Clay Weissner used to be my roommate uh-huh. when I Shut hooked up. up with my first wife. And anyway, we had a, a, a daughter, and Clay was going through his record collection. He had a massive re- record collection. Did he have that, 78s? Yeah. yeah. Now, Clay shames people. I mean, he's got in the teens of crates of records. Uh-huh. And, you know, he put out, he found a Disney record, and he brought it out. It's like, hey. You know, listen to his album, and she put it on. You know, he put it on for her, and played side A. It gets to the end of side A, and it's just like, you know, and it was a Technique twelve hundred, so it's not going to auto anything. Uh-huh. And so cute. She so gets up, like, hey, hey, uh, can can you rewind it for me? Uh, it was, you know, it's like it's just that whole. She uh-huh. had, at that point, she really didn't have a clue how a record yeah. worked. Yeah, you know, and. She was old enough to the point where she was you know, awesome. seven, eight year old. I forget, you know, how old it was, but it was like, it was just the cutest thing, you know, I thought, at least. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I think I see the younger guys. Um, I don't know the 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 guys that I came up and cut my teeth under. They, they were they were about half smart guy, mm-hmm. half pirate. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and I and by the exactly way, they could they could fix anything or rig anything or figure out how to do anything. Yep, you know that they were problem solvers, right? Right. I think audio guys today are a little less physical because they don't have to be. Thank God, right. thank yeah. God, the you know we're not stacking speakers anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, You're pressing the button on the left. It's like okay, go up three feet. Hook up the next box. Clank, 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 clank. Next three feet. Yeah, it's it's getting progressively easier and easier, and you don't have to carry around. You know, we're talking about these plugins. That's that's right. one giant rack. We don't have to right. All carry you walk around. around. All you walk around is with your uh, your uh, key for your Pro Tools rig. Yeah, I mean, it's that, got all your it's got all your licenses for your plugins. At Shoko, those were forty eight space effects racks. Yeah, you know, I mean, those were huge. Yeah. Um, Just, all the all the KT three sixties in a rack, you know, for your monitor position, all that stuff. That's not it's not built into the. We had a drive rack when the drive rack was a drive rack. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, it nice. Thirty two space isolated rack. No, it wasn't then, a two channel piece of gear called the drive rack. It, right. was, it was actually and a uh, rack. you know so, yeah. So thanks to thanks to trucking and technology and all this stuff. So so um. I, I'm I, if anything, I, I'm giving kudos to the younger guys um, yeah. for being really sharp with um, networking and yeah. uh, computers, technology, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I'm I'm just hoping that um, you know they like everything in life. They find that counterbalance of what you know what's cool about some of the analog gear, or how could we do this in a way where right. we're listening to you know one of the, one of the things I saw was when when the uh, one of the craziest things that happened in the last 10 years to me was mm-hmm. um, there was a German company that um, came out with a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
came out with, uh, I think they're German. Uh, they came out with a, a, a console that starts with an X and ends with a 32. Oh. And everybody went crazy about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, it really did wonders for that company. Oh, yeah. And uh, especially it, since they acquired another company that was world famous for their consoles. Uh, and, and, and made... Another oh. version of it with different right. preamps and and uh, I've had so many, I've so many guys going to church guys that are like, and actually just friends that know my background come and ask me. It's like, did I buy console A because it's it has the heritage and name tag of this one, but it's almost identical to this one that's like half the price uh-huh. and it claims to do the exact same thing. But they're both made by the same company, <laughs> but they're just branded differently. Sure. So yeah. as I was account managing in this, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I would I would encounter a lot of these, you know, tech directors and. Um, Music people and all kinds of uh, you know and and these people that consume some right. of this type type stuff whether it's an ancillary console or what have you and and also read a lot of this on the internet and and the conversation I always hear is this console has this feature this feature and this feature mm-hmm. right and um, I stopped hearing people say I a b'd these two consoles and this one sounds like this right. So maybe that's the only thing that gives me pause in well, the last. Well, I think with the, with the advance in technology is that people got they're making their decisions based on how many cup holders the car has. Yeah, not how it feels, how it drives. Yeah, you know, I was trying to be nice about it, but that's it. That's yeah. basically it. They're 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 making a decision on the specs. Yeah, which it's it's part of the artistry of audio. Audio is art. Mixing is art. It's something that can't be taught. You know, you can give guy A the same 10 colors and the same canvas and give the guy B the exact same things. And the quality of their paintings or interpretations of what they see is going to be different. If one of them is a little bit more talented, it's going to look better. Yeah. And audio is one of those things that it's such a subjective uh you know, thing that um, some people have, some don't. And you can teach techniques, but you cannot teach the artistry of it. Yeah. You cannot teach good taste. You cannot teach being able to find the delta between what you hear and what you want to hear. Because that's the secret. Yeah. You need to know what that delta is. How do I get my sound that I, that... You know, right now it sounds like Joe Schmo in the garage. No offense, Joe. <laughs> Am I on the hook for all Joe items? No, no, I'm just uh, making sure, man. That I'm, happens I'm just, to me. I, I, I don't Joe want to hurt your feelings, man. Everything's my fault. <laughs> well, you know, how to get from that guitar sound to all of a sudden it's like, but he's like, but I really want to sound like, you know, Joe Satriani or Eric Eric Johnson or somebody. It's like, well. Then go get a guitar and a rig like Joe Satriani's. Well, <laughs> and that's not even it. It's it, a lot of that. And every guitar magazine in the world, whatever, will tell you, like, it's in the fingers. It's in the player. Because you, you guess That's what? the other part Ed, of the Delta. Ed, yes. yes. Eddie Van Halen sounds like Eddie Van Halen on a $50 pawn shop guitar. Right. Just, on a, ukulele. just as well as he does on a, you know, $5,000 custom, you know, blah, 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 whatever, you know. Yeah. If you ever want to see, the, uh, you know, the dem- demonstration of this, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, one guy I'm not really big on, uh, but uh, John Mayer. Uh-huh. Next time you see John Mayer in concert, you would. (laughs) He's a phenomenal player. 
Well, uh, and songwriter, I, and so, singer. So I'm not I'm not too big on his recorded <laughs> stuff, but I love to see him live. And one of the things he does is he does these uh, knockoff um, sections where you know he pays a little tribute to BB uh, King or oh, Stevie cool. Ray and mm-hmm. and and that kind of thing. And I'm pretty sure he's changing mostly this in his fingers. Oh yeah, and and you can watch him get. A BB tone and a Stevie tone, you know, with no break in between, no pedals, right. nothing. Right. It's, it's, yeah, you know, it's, a, it's in the style. It, it's, he it's gets a, it. And and I got to tell you, you know, to see somebody that you know his mastery is on that level. Yeah. But is also his. It's also his understanding of that whole it tone is. and the fingers thing. Right. And and it's again knowing that delta between what you're hearing and what you want it to sound like, and the people, the true artists like him. Is that he actually can extrapolate what he's hearing on the from those players mm-hmm. and know what the because it, it's actually which is something that I've studied in my personal love of music and Joe and I are that's that's one of the things that kind of got us to be friends is our love of music our love of records and stuff you know yes and for me is that when you love music that much and if you're smart enough or I wouldn't say smart enough if you're if you listen close enough. Uh-huh. You will find that the difference is in, in timing, how hard you hit something, how you bend the note, how, you know, and all these little and you know thousand little minuscule intricacies that define how somebody sounds. If you can nail those down, I've seen guys on YouTube that if you close your eyes, you swear you're listening to Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, but it's not. It's some, just some lawyer guy that's playing his guitar. You know. And it's uh, not that he's just playing the same notes. It's not that he's exactly. It's not that he's playing the same notes, same tempo and stuff, but it's those little microscopic intricacies. It's the same reason why, you know, I've also seen a guy who was an art teacher for like ten years uh-huh. whose art looked no better than my eight year old daughter. You know? It's sure. like his house looked like a five five year old kid did it. You yeah. Know? You know, so it's not about wanting it. It's not about the passion. It's not about the time you put in it. Sometimes it's about understanding where you need to go from where you're at. Hmm. Wise words yeah. from Jerry Gallegos. That's right. He's a crazy. He's a crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it real. Well, the, the, just, just to, just to, just to finish that point because mm-hmm. I, I. I kind of liked where we were going, talking about that with the the young guys and oh, yeah, mixing yeah. And, and that kind of thing. I, I I think the here's the bright spot mm-hmm. and the scary spot. Yeah, is mixers have looked the same since the seventies, right? Mm-hmm. More or less. I More mean, or less. Yeah. You know, rows of faders and knobs. Yeah, absolutely. We're coming into a time where these young guys are not constrained by the same architecture that we were right yeah that's true they're more used to playing with a xbox controller Mm -hmm. than they are a a, a penny and giles fader right no that's true they don't even know what that is yeah i never felt one (laughs) and because i mean i've i've mixed on ipad and it's Mm -hmm. kind of a whole thing but the only reason that the ipad app looks like that is because our brain tells us that's how a fader right or a mixer is supposed to look oh yes so Mm -hmm. what happens when these guys just you know somebody's going to completely turn this on its head and go 
No, we don't have to do that. We're only doing that because that's how the old guys did it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Actually, it, it, you're absolutely correct. Because all correct. it is is a chip now. Right. Right. It's, it's not it, a console. It, it's, it's a, a, it's it's a an, tiny chip. And an en- it's an encoder. It's not a, it doesn't have to ride in a linear fashion. Yeah. It could be a knob. And actually, what I've seen, because I, I, with my musical wanting to learn and stuff, I watch a lot of YouTube videos about music production. Some of these guys are using programs that me as a traditional mixer engineer, I, I could not function in them. Oh, no? No. It's, it's, I because mean, I have those softwares, you know, or, or, you know, demo versions of them. You know, you guys. I think that's what makes me feel like this is coming. Oh, yeah. That, that, that some, some of the great minds are going to, and, and it's going to, well, yeah. it's going to grab a section of, of people that didn't grow up under what we did. Right. You're absolutely right. Cause it, they have different tools. Mm-hmm. You know, in one, in one sense, they have tools that we only dreamed of. Yeah. You know, being, you know, again, we're, Late forties, fifties, whatever. You know, we grew up uh, threading two inch tape. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I was, I was the last inch. of the tape cutters. I was, I was in that generation as well. Yeah, my um, mother had an eight track player in her car. Ooh, that's oh. Commodores, gold, uh, and a CB radio because we didn't have cell phones back then. I so we C- all had I, to have I, CB. I, you know, I've been looking at CBs lately because. <laughs> I feel like that should come back. <laughs> I, I, know, right? I, I can't make it come back. And it's not as cool as, you know. It is now because it's no phones. longer overpopulated like it was in the yeah, right? 70s and 80s. It's, it's a niche group. I, I have three CB players or CB, CB radios in my garage. So nice. I have yet to install them in my, I, I used to have them installed in my cars. Before. I had a Star Trek communicator. Ooh. 1979, yeah. uh-huh. 80-ish. You know, and it still looked like those seventies toys, and and we had a base station and 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 the handheld communicator, mm-hmm. and we lived very close to Highway Fifty Nine, and we found out that those things would talk to truckers. Oh, oh really? Fun. Nice. And let me tell you, brother, it was on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was Chris Christopherson. Oh, this absolutely. is the rubber duck. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, a good friend of mine that's in this industry as well, he, um, he was doing a job in San Antonio for because it was one of the sports facilities in San Antonio. <laughs> so he was driving, you know, Mondays he would drive out there, Fridays he would drive back. So he got into the CB thing. And this guy is one of the guys that he doesn't do anything halfway. He does it 150%. Uh-huh. You know, he's the guy that will buy a $15,000 or, you know, a new, you know, $30,000 car. And, bef- you know, before the end of the next year, there'll be $50,000 worth of parts in that $30,000 uh, car. Right, yeah. right, You know, he's one of those guys. So he got into the Or he CV. spends $1,200 to make a $12 part. <laughs> sort of. No, that's me. <laughs> that's actually You me. didn't like, think I was paying attention, did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, as you sit next to the CNC machine to make stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. But my butt- I needed this 3D laser printer because I was there was a small plastic piece I needed to create. Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually my $10,000 CNC machine that, that we're sitting next to came out to make a $100 part. Nice. But uh, my hobby is to learn how to do things. And it's a things. great part. It's the best hundred dollar part. But, no, it's but, not. But you're it's you're not. one of many who will go overboard in this I, industry. I am uh, sort of, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so your buddies, you know, my gets buddy, into CB. He got into the CB. Next thing you know, he was telling me all about it because I, I do the CB twos because we travel with trailer and I like to have a CB just road conditions talking to truckers. Oh yeah, it's a really cool idea. And now again, since they've fallen out of out of vogue, they're 
the traffic on them is not as much. So once in a while, and a lot of times so it's manageable. It, it's manageable, and a lot of times it's very interesting. Because I remember one time my wife and I were going somewhere. I think we were going to San Antonio, and next you know we we hear a conversation between two truckers, and it's just a, it, it's like almost as good as watching a Mitch Hedberg comedy oh, yeah. thing, you know, because they were just like going off and and you. You kind of sort of start thinking of where these these guys are at, and they're like fifty miles away. One, you know, it's like, and they, you know, because they hot rod these things so much, you know, there's an FCC limitation to how much power you can broadcast, right, on a CB and, and be legal. But these guys are like multiplying it like by several hundred fold. Oh yeah, you know, because I think five watts is the maximum output or yeah, something. Yeah, I forget but these what guys it is. Some, get, get, they, I forget what they were called. But they're running they were like five hundred watts, yeah, and yeah. you know, and they're doing like six awesome. amount, like you know, like radio station level wattage. Yeah, output and they have their own the language. Ground. It's just it's there's not words. It's just right. And the other thing is, they put echoes on. Supposedly, it makes intelligibility better. I'm not sure, but they. A lot of them have like echo on their broadcast. I always thought that was just from. No, it's on purpose. It's on purpose. Okay, that's that's crazy. No, because I, I kind of started looking into it. Yeah, but yeah, then, yeah. But then I was like, squirrel, something else caught right, my attention. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, so the crazy, crazy world of audio. I like it though. They do have their own language, but doesn't they everybody? Do. I mean, yeah, that's, that's something. True. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of terms that come with every industry. No matter what, you know. Yeah. Although now a sky crane, which used to be a surefire way to entertain your green employee in construction world, uh -huh. they'll be like, "Hey, if, go get me the sky crane or the sky hook," and they go look for it. There's no such thing. Well, unfortunately, yeah. now there's uh, actually a couple of products that are, you know, name brand sky hook. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So in the cabling world, the cable we tell stretcher, people yeah. the cable, the cable stretcher. stretcher. <laughs> the sorry, go find that cable stretcher. I'm sorry. Yes. Took a lot. They'd look to. Yeah. Why would you stretch a cable? Crazy. But they don't know. Well, and I wonder though, because a lot of times we do have a, what I would say, an educated audience when we're talking to end users yeah. and partners. But what about when we're talking to the uneducated? I don't think we do necessarily do a very good job of dumbing it down. You know, or or use not even dumbing it down using layman's terms. Yeah, you know, I, we no, just assume I, they I, know I what a DSP is, but maybe Lois, the office manager, has no idea what DSP is. I, I personally don't claim to have great great skills. I have a lot of experience, but what, one of those things, you know, has taught me. The, the I think the only reason I do well in the sales role is bridging that gap. Yeah. I, I have gotten some compliments, uh, the only few I've ever gotten. Just kidding. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I you know, it, it means something for me to have enough empathy yeah. for a customer who's, mm -hmm. I, can, I know that look on their face, and I don't, I have the patience to slow down for a minute yeah. and tell them what they're getting and why it matters. And uh, not everybody in the business can do that. No, oh, no, no. I can't no. do what most guys in our business do. Sure. I'm with you on that. No. It, yeah. That, that's actually what I consider a large portion of what my job is. My yeah. job description. As, you know, and a large part of my success as a designer has been going to the client and it's like, okay, this is what you're getting. Well, this is why we suggest this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's to explain it in layman's term. And a lot of times I use a lot of analogies. 
stuff that makes, and they're like, I never thought about it that way, you know, things like that. I use a lot of car analogies because they seem to work and it's universal amongst yeah. most people. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. You know. Nothing beats a good analogy. Yeah. But you're right. Uh, the closer you get to audio, I can't, I can't speak for video, but the closer you get to audio, maybe even lighting. Yeah, that's, that's another. The, the, it, it would seem that there, there might be a psychological effect. That, that, what do they call it? Grumpy? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of sound, grumpy sound people. Yeah. Grumpy audio people. Yeah. So we need to work on that as a group. I think uh, there's not a lot of patience for uh, end users and yeah. e each other, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing I found out is stupid a, people. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people that are uh, experts in their fields don't realize how other people that are not experts in their field know very little to nothing of what they're talking about. Right. You know, so it's like, you know, I, hell, the guy that mows my yard can sit there and talk to me about something, you know, about my bushes. I'm like, okay, whatever. Okay, j just cut the motherfucker. <laughs> just cut them. It's fine. Really. <laughs> you whatever know, but, you said. You know, but I'm saying, you know, that's mm -hmm. something that's completely out of my expertise. So, you know, and I, I think, you know, a good, a good part of my success is, like Joe says, is be able to bridge that gap. Yeah. And be able to explain it to somebody. This is why we're recommending this. And this is why this is the benefits you're going to get from this particular thing. Or or not just the thing. Well, because a but, lot of times it's about trade-offs. Right? Exactly. You it's might like, have two products that are approximately the same in terms of what they're going well, to there's accomplish. There's a lot of that. I mean, the competition's never been... You know, especially in it's the, fierce the conferencing side that, yeah. you know, we're all starting, you know, I'm, I'm starting to work there more and you guys. Yeah, are, I heard you're dabbling. Yep, dabbling. Standing your <laughs> that's, horizons. That's, that's a terrible word. No, we're, we're, we're just, um, you know, we, we, you know, we're, we're, uh, we have, we've endeavored to uh, go forth into that world. But, um, you know, as, as we are, um, it, it is amazing to me how much heated technology competition there is for each spot oh yeah you know, it's that, a bloodbath yeah i used oh, yeah, to constantly absolutely. just bitch at people all the time i live in that world so i i get it it's it is it is uh, i think joe's company has a very innovative product that has the opportunity to change oh good i like innovative for better yeah yeah absolutely well tell it me is. about this product jerry well it's obviously audio question and a lot of Hard to cover rooms. Okay. It, it, I'm trying not it? to give it away too much, but it'll be obvious. And we'll let you make your own decisions. But it's a speaker that goes on the ceiling, mm -hmm. but it, it goes along that edge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it, it goes in the corners and or the sides of the room uh -huh. without having to traditionally trying to find a spot to put your four or six speakers oh, direct, okay. that are downward firing. These nice. speakers are designed to actually project from the corners or or the edge of a wall, take advantage of the the proximity loading to uh -huh. give a better frequency response, and aim the audio from the corners almost sideways. Interesting. So it's going to give you the nice even coverage, but not directly from above you where you don't get the lobing uh -huh. that you do from a downward fire. The, the way I, I try to explain it to people um, is... Um, it's it's the sound that you would get if if you mounted 
a, a your big brother's hi-fi speaker that sounded really good, mm-hmm. and you could mount it up in the where the where the ceiling and the and the and the wall meet. Yeah, that would throw out into the room um, as a surface mount type entity, mm. and, and it would cover that way instead right. of over, yeah. overhead zone by zone, hotspot by hotspot, right? By, yeah, which makes like a multiple conical shape patterns. Uh-huh. But if we could put one speaker out here, yeah, right, and maybe over a television or a, or a monitor or something like that, and mm-hmm. um, and we could let that fly, and everybody at a conference table would hear. hear it great. But nobody would ever let you put a gargantuan like that in right. a room. So or, what's the form factor so of this? It's, yeah. a ce- it's a flush mount ceiling speaker. We figured really? out how to do it. Yeah. So we make a ceiling speaker. Uh, so it does not protrude into the room, unlike. Uh, there are similar uh, solutions that you can do by putting a surface mount speaker, but they look ugly because you'd see. Oh, well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Out of the wall. No, I know. That, yeah, that's not going in my boardroom. Right. Because right, it, yeah. like, it, look, it looks like an obvious big speaker handout, but their product is like if, if it, it blends itself into the ceiling. And what are the dimensions? 13.9 by 13.9, I think. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So nice. Uh, fits fits within a two by two tile. Um, oh, okay. Right. And um, it's about 20 pounds. Um, it would, which would be the only, but it's, you know, it's a back box. Yeah. Uh, sealed kind of enclosure with an eight and a one and three quarter inch horn. Okay. So and it's, how, it's a how lot do you support it in the ceiling? Just like you would any other, with yeah. any ceiling speaker, it has dog ears. Um, okay. I just, with that weight, I would just recommend a safety cable as well. Yeah. Uh, or to, right. take some strain off of tile it. Tile bridge um, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Tile bridges come with it. Right. So, um, does it have a name? What is this? What is uh, the name? Edge of this? Max Edge is, Max. is what it's being sold under. Um, is it currently shipping? It, it is. It's uh, been shipping for quite a while. Uh, it's uh, or don't the, be last fooled, year or now, two. Don't be fooled by Edge Steve. This is Edge Max. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Edge Joe, different beast. This yeah, is that's Edge right. Max. That's right. Um, the other cool thing about it is because of the way it throws and where where it covers mm-hmm. is what's what's just as interesting is is kind of where that is not steered. Yeah. So there's a 15 degree null. Okay. Between the ceiling and and where the and high frequency kind of picks up, uh-huh. which makes it play well with um, products like the uh, Shure 910 ceiling microphone and uh-huh. things like that because th- that microphone is. It can it be now be it's in the same the pattern, space yeah. as yeah. Uh, you know as a as a ceiling speaker and they're not fighting each other. Oh, okay. So yeah. we're we're kind of directing the high end. Yeah, and um, it's a phenomenal answer to those really hard to amplify boardrooms that have the fancy ceilings and the cloth covered ceilings yeah. and things like that that are over the conference table, where you do have access to the edges, but with traditional speakers you get you know you, if you put them out in the edges. Sounds like ass when you're sitting down at the board table. This way you don't. And you can cover it with less. So you can cover it from the corners, uh-huh. depending on the dimensions of the room and the ceiling height and whatnot. But yeah. you can cover from the corners. You can cover just from the sides and still have the same coverage, depending on the dimensions, obviously. My, right. my favorite. It's a pretty innovative product. The favorite way I've seen it done is, is, is um, you know, your standard war room type mm-hmm. conference uh-huh. room. Uh, we would have uh, two of the 180s on the side. Right. Um Covering um, the table in two directions uh, for VTC and and uh, can be EQ'd for for that, and then we would put one at the end of the room above the monitor, right, 
and uh, we leave that with the uh, the standard EQing um, mm. so that we can get all that bass, yeah. you know, that you don't need for VTC. Maybe, uh, you know, depends on what, whatever. But but when you want to play, like, the new commercial uh-huh. for everybody, yeah. right, you want it to hit. Right. And and this thing has all the bollocks. Right. That well, anybody's ever Snoop put in a ceiling speaker. part of your uh, well, it's just it's presentation. A, it's needed though. It it's, really it's is. It's as good a sounding thing as I've ever heard. It is. It is. We well, actually have this product in our in our uh, oh, yeah yeah in Stood our in our conference room. You did. And, yeah, fantastic. It is. We do have we have it, and it's pretty impressive. And again, it's a solution that where a couple of speakers can replace like eight of the competitors. Oh, that's a good point. Yep. You know. But yeah. And there are less intrusive, especially when you have those the new style of buildings that are going with like you know really high density mm-hmm. above the ceiling, uh, you know MEP footprint. You know where you got to dodge lights, you got to dodge uh, sprinkler heads, you got to dodge you know plenum ducts or whatever, you know air handlers and that kind of stuff. It it makes that job not necessarily easier, but you know easier to make well. Yeah. Make it sound well. We're we're good. being told that job is getting harder. It is. It and is. so it's kind of an answer to that. And you know, I love working for a company that believes in innovation and invests heavily on it. Yeah. Um and um, you know, some sometimes we you know, we hit a base hit or a double, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I think this one is the closest thing we've hit to a home run. Could it be better sound through science? <laughs> uh, you know through hard work and innovation <laughs> uh, michelle I, yes what's next uh well i was curious because i was looking uh at the infocom map and i won't name names but i saw that a very large manufacturer who normally has a very large booth has decided not to go that route and i it, it gave me a little bit of deja vu back to 2012 my first year at Infocom, which yeah. was the first year that Extron wasn't there. And I, these shows are pretty expensive, right, for the manufacturers Now, does well. Extron show every year now? No, no, that they've never shown. Yes, they haven't sent. That's not their deal, huh? No, it, no, no they decided to. They invested I, I was in training centers. Right, and, they, they yeah. decided to take that money. That they wouldn't Because their booth prior to that was actually pretty massive oh i heard it was nice I that's really it interesting because like a small city right. I, I don't know what their reasoning for that would have been then or now but um that was one group that i really always felt like i could count on when i was an in integration uh that they had a very unique setup for how they handled us as as customers and uh-huh. so they do some things you know very cool right you know oh, i learned from their website they had one of the best manufacturer websites well, i would still just, do. i used to have to write a scope of work from a line diagram that i had to figure out what every box was just based on its part number <laughs> and right. it was yeah. all extra yeah. on and so i'd be like oh that's what that is <laughs> right however However, so, there's still one of the metrics that I hate for having a different part number versus a uh, model number. Oh, I'm guilty of that, too. That have nothing to do with each other. Why do manufacturers do that, Joe? Do SAP. you know? Oh, because of SAP. What's that? That's my opinion. Uh, SAP is a platform that manufacturers and distributors use. When I worked at Graybar, they did a SAP migration. Otherwise known as the asshole code. Well, they're German, so SAP is German, and they're I just gonna they do uh, things the way they want. It's not given to us by SAP. I mean, the, no. I mean, but uh, you know, it's the way well, the hierarchy is set up. Now, here's the thing, though. Major, 
AMX, uh-huh. whatever ni blah 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 part number trans- translates to like an FG something or other. Extron, you know uh, DA two HD whatever but turns into a sixty dash four digit code slash two digit code. Uh, Barco uh-huh. turns into some weird twelve digit number or whatever. Yeah, none of them have a consistency. Oh, with any kind of standardization in, in how they're translating. You look at Cisco. That. Cisco is like, I mean, you, it's almost like you got to buy the. They're they're the worst of everybody. Yeah, it's like you have to buy the box that the thing ships in separately. It's a different skew. Oh, absolutely. Almost, you know, yeah, the cable's a different skew. Uh huh. The rack is a different skew, and you got to order this crap as a package. Um, Polycom's close to that. I've heard that, and that's why I'm asking because there's no there's just there's no uniformity. To be any kind of sort of standard. So what's the it method to the that. madness? Like, why? Yeah, yeah, what is the method to that? Well, I, there are auto I, generator. I, 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 the I actually I don't know, and I won't speak to what I don't know. I will say that I, what I've learned about, uh, you know, from my time and working directly for a, a really large manufacturer mm-hmm. that has all kinds of divisions. Yeah, uh-huh. That's true. Yeah, and is global, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I thought I went into it very naively thinking, well, can't we just have can we just fix this? You know, yeah, can't, can't we just have this that you know, uh you know, a a 480L is always a 480L anywhere in the, you know, and and right. that's by the way it's the ultimate reverb. That's why I mentioned it. It's, huh? it's mentioned, I like it better than mentioned, it, mentioned it. Mentioned it. Mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and uh, then they laughed at you, and they said, "Oh, Joe, you're so funny." That's right. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Some of those, some of those companies have uh, automotive and, uh, and all sure. kinds of divisions. Consumer, and and so we have to remember that we are the smallest, right? Yeah, of this little totem pole. And um, could we Bosch or something? yeah? So when you take all those divisions and you start loading stuff into. Um, a product like an SAP uh-huh. or Oracle or what have you. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's not as easy as as I thought to keep everything. You know, because you know my, my brain's that I'm, I've got enough roadie left in me where I'm like, there's an easier way to do this, fellas. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Can't we do common sense? And uh, yeah, I think somebody just years ago patted me on the bra- back and they just said, um, you know. Don't, don't don't try to apply so much logic here. You'll you'll hurt your brain. No, I'm just kidding. That is, but you know, it's there's always a reason. But uh, it's always somebody whose job is six jobs from me, yeah. right? And uh, and 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 my eyes did not get open to that until you get into a company that employs umpteen thousands of people. Yeah, is this the largest company you've ever worked for? Let me think about that. Um, not technically. I, I mean, there was there was a time I did a short stint with a, a part of GM, but that that's um, I would say in this industry, in this um, it it was we we one or number one or number two. Yeah, you know, and the the, the other one and I, I worked for, uh-huh. you know, they were always duking it out for that particular. Um, spot or something so um I, I will say the cool thing is what the the, the different I've, I've worked for public mm-hmm. 
publicly held companies and privately held companies. And yeah. that's an interesting discussion. Private yeah. is better. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I want to say, you know, better, but for me and making sense of the decisions that get made and, you know, in terms of, I think we should be doing this or this is what's good for us um, or this is what's good for the customer always made a, a lot more sense to me than we're going to stop making these for a while because we need to lower this inventory level so that our stock price looks better. Right, right. right. It's which master are you serving? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I happen to be lucky enough to work for one now that – that uh, that that bows at the temple of innovation and research and development. Yeah, and that's where most of the money goes, and that's it's true. totally designed start to finish to work that way. Right, and it's charter. Yeah. So, um, and 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 pretty unique in that regard. But uh, I I also watched um, I watched Bob Schluter before Legrand bought Middle Atlantic. Uh huh. They had to, they, they brought us in and they showed us the warehouse or the building they wanted mm-hmm. to do. Right. And it was in the same office park as where they owned like nine other buildings. Nice. Now, wow. here's what was happening. They were bending steel uh-huh. in one building, trucking it over to powder coat, and then trucking it over to finish, trucking it over to pack. Wow. Yeah. Y- you get the idea? Yeah. 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 It didn't take them long to figure out, man, this is this this is really screwed up. Yeah, it's very so, inefficient. Um, the big challenge though was not can we afford the new building? It was how do we do this and not affect the lead times of our customers and how do we do this transition? Right. Because yeah, they have commitments that they have to pull yeah, right. during right. transition, yeah. And um we were always pretty dependable. Um uh, and uh, Middle Atlantic could get stuff out pretty fast at two or three different distribution houses and, and that kind of thing. But um, no, that was actually after. Uh, this was all New Jersey. But uh, the decision was made by Bob Schluter at that time to make at their own expense. Now, like, no MBA would have ever signed off on this. Yeah. And this is where a private company comes in. They made $13 million worth of inventory and kept it on hand. Without orders. Wow. Without orders. That's right. Just to cover that gap that they knew was coming. And then they started working on, on the transition. In the field, what was happening is the reps were getting orders, and, and customers were actually calling them and saying, you guys have already shipped this to me. Okay, what's the problem? Well, we thought it would show up in two weeks, and it showed up in three days. And I've already got an invoice for it, and I don't do the job for two weeks. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so it was kinda, getting out too. too it quickly. was a reverse problem. Uh, right, now yeah. that eventually works itself out, but it, they became it, it. It did wonders for the business. We had a huge uptick. Oh, I bet. Wow, yeah, yeah. Because all of a sudden, it was, it was the most yeah, yeah confidence and stability and that kind of thing. You can't make decisions like that in um, a public company. In a public company. Yeah, they won't do it. It's like, no, everybody's in so, CYA mode. They live uh, yeah. Everybody yeah, in CYA. Yeah, I hope that story is okay for me to tell. But Absolutely. Uh, it's it's just kind of something I observed along the way and, and learned from. Hey, anything between that and your ingrown tone down, it's all good with yeah, us. That's, that's why we call it pray mostly. Pray for that. AV. We're going we're gonna to say a prayer for that. 
<laughs> and you know what? On that note, we want to hear what Joe's song um, reference favorite is. So we can uh, quietly. Yeah, go. yeah. Um, so uh, what I've been using here lately is um, a, a couple of different ones. Um, can I give you two? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, okay. There's, there's no rules here. I'm, yeah, I'm going to give you. Two, I'm going to give you two, and they're both really hard to find. Oh, um, okay. I've, like I've had oh, to really. hunt down hard copies of the CD, and oh, that's and, perfect. You know, our or, other or, fan will be so excited. Um, it, it's like a Pikachu. We'll hunt. ask him next week. That's right. Uh, and uh, one of them is the Hunter by uh, that's the song and the album Jennifer Warns. Okay. So, you know, this is not the kind of thing you listen to necessarily for the music, by the way. This is, you know, you're listening for specific tones and things right. in it, you know. And so what do you like from that? Um, her vocal is impeccable. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, there's also some some drums in there that um, if if I can keep the the smoothness in, in her vocal and, and keep it present uh-huh. out front, um, and then I have to have the bottom end of, of this, uh, there's this drum roll and, um, mm-hmm. and there's some light strings, you know, there's some real dynamics right? Um, to that piece. Um, and uh, last minute switch, um, I, I'll throw you an oddball. Um, most people put on for, uh, and I learned this from uh, Reed Hall at Lakewood. I, mm-hmm. I was not, not too hip on this. Um, Dallas's own. Boz Skaggs. Did you know that Boz Skaggs and Steve Miller from the Steve Miller Band uh-huh. and Tommy Lee Jones all went to high school together really? at St. Mark's School in Dallas, Texas? No, I did not wow. know yeah, that. They did. Yeah, Boz Skaggs and, and Steve Miller used to play that's crazy. Interesting. together when they were like 15. Oh, whatever, that's cool. Very know? cool. So uh, the, there's a, a, a Boz Skaggs tune, you know, because I know everybody's so up on their Boz Skaggs. <laughs> Called "Thanks to You," mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's a not only is it a great track. If you want to test your subs and your lows right. and that kind of thing, it has so much low end. You want to hear how floppy that gets, so you know you 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 have to do what you do with any reference, right? You have to you really know what it's supposed to sound like when it's tight, right? And then you take it into a room, and and you you know when it's not enough. Or it's too floppy, or things are out of time, right? In, in the sub bass, um, but you don't have to bring out a rap record or anything like that, right? Which is all electronic and I, yeah. I, there's places I go that I I can't get away sound. with uh, dubstep and that kind of thing. No, no, no. I get that. Yeah. Although, if you want to do that, Knife Party by you know Knife Party Centipede is a hitter. Although I have been known to play some ministry in some churches. Oh, <laughs> Al. Well, that was the 90s. So. Yeah. I, I did an Al show one time, and he let me stand center vocal. Yeah. Not he. Like, he wasn't there. It was at Soundcheck, and he was the only one that wasn't there. Right. And uh, Danny Machado was working monitors, and, and he said, go stand out there where Al stands, because he had side fills. This is the Bronco Bowl, that kind of thing. Right. It was the loudest thing I ever heard. I think I think I had earplugs and aircraft cans on. Nice. Wow. It was literally like a drill in my ear. I don't know how that survived. You yeah. know. Ministry was crazy. Oh yeah. That's 
we're in town for the healing. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus built my hot rod. Yeah. I remember hearing the stories uh, from, uh, actually, I read them on Mix Magazine of the SSL tech that went to our studio to install the SSL console. By the time, and the story goes that by the time he showed up to install this thing, all the knobs were painted with multicolored fingernail polish or something. So it was all like fluorescent colored knobs and stuff. <laughs> and and at that time in the nineties, and it's still still to this day, you know, that kind of like sort of one of the pinnacles of recording consoles is SSL. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's literally like you know somebody just bought a million dollar Ferrari and decided to turn it into an art car. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's one of those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. The guy was just like, ah, what are you doing? I know we're winding up here, but did you see that SSL came out with a like eight channel mixer? Yeah, it did. Desktop mixer, yeah. 1500. It's really cool. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, even though I've been out of the recording industry for such a long time, I keep seeing these consoles that I always wish I could own. Don't know what I'd do with them, but I want them. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, it's like, I, I was like, you know what? I could afford that. And I'm like, ah, it's like, but what do I do about it? You know, and I, I kind of come to the realization that, you know, being a recording engineer and a recording studio owner, it's like you owning your own football stadium and your own football. You got to have other people to play. If you don't uh, have yeah. that, it's worth nothing. Yeah. It's just a big building and just a football. Or you know. it's like being, you know, the most well-equipped crack dealer and no customers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one way to look at it. You start taking yeah. your own product. <laughs> I'll be over here. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for sticking around listening. We'd like to thank Joe good. for yeah, uh, coming and uh, sitting in with us. And It's we, great seeing all my friends. Yeah. Hey, we'd love to have you back again whenever you want. Please yeah. do. And yeah. we uh, let us know when you launch your podcast because we want to we want to help you get that promoted. I will. Absolutely. I will. We've we've uh, we're, we're doing one that's uh, it's it's basically the shortest way to say it is uh, it's it's uh, going to be about um, documentary film. Uh-huh. But more specifically, we're getting really niche. It's um, music documentaries. Okay, nice. And uh, so I like that. That's I, a good, I, good thing. I, I found that as I was going out and about, I it was a my buddy and I. This was an all the time conversation for us. Uh-huh. Did you see such and such? And and right. and as as people started, as I started recommending things on Facebook, people would be you know like that was incredible. What else you got? Uh huh. So. And, sure and I, I think the, people want to the dive documentary in. about the focus right consoles. Oh, absolutely. That's well, you know, it's are, interesting. are you talking about Sound City? No, the focus right the company produced a documentary because there was uh, I think only nine focus right consoles created. Right, and they're legendary. And there's a documentary about them. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I need to dig into up. that. Yeah. I'm, look, I'm look not up, up on it, that. It, it's, it's it was good. You're, oh, you're, now, yeah. where did you see it? YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm a YouTube fanatic. And There's so much on YouTube. If you include YouTube in the mix, the rabbit holes get deep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's they get scary really rabbit holes. Deep. But it's good to do something that you're passionate about. I mean, one of the top-rated uh, iTunes podcasts is uh, My Favorite Murder, and it's a murder yeah. comedy, true crime, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was one of these things, uh, the two hosts, Karen and Georgia, they you know, they meet at a party and they start talking about true crime stuff and they realize mm-hmm. they both love it and they'd rather just sit there and talk to each other about that because right. it's something that they both are totally fat. And then all of a sudden they said, well, let's just do a podcast. And it just blew up because right. a lot of other people also like that. So, yeah, 
I think the hyper niche is the way to go. Oh yeah, because yeah. as you see, I hope so. You know, we're we're being like quasi mostly AV generalists. We right. <laughs> we have business, gotten... yeah, but we like to bring the the, the outside yeah. world. You know, but uh, but I I believe world. in the hyper niche. I think well, we just getting... we just want to have fun, and yeah. um, and uh, you know it's so it's such a there's so much white noise out there to you know I, I I felt like the, the the hyper niche was necessary for us to ever break through anything uh, break above the water for yeah. anybody right. to notice. I would agree. Yeah, well, and it becomes informative and well, know. and especially because you can get to a point where you start interviewing people remotely. Yeah. I mean, you'll get used to your Zoom yeah. calls, right? Um, yeah. That's how we do a lot of the other ones that I do. But, uh, you know, and you'll get to interview the director or the producer or, you know. Yeah, we're, we're the creators. Up like, now. Yeah. that's interesting stuff. I love that. I, I think the behind the scenes right. and, you yeah, know. That's not so let's talk about making of the band. What was that like to film? You know, the videographer, whoever. Shoot. Yeah. So that making the band, was that uh, P. Diddy? I'm, I'm just kidding. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> I think it was O Town. <laughs> that, that was O Town. It was O Town. Those kids got screwed. Totally, totally. Yeah, he screwed himself. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, everybody, have a great uh, rest of your day. Yeah. And enjoy it. And we'll see you again next time. Come back soon. Awesome. All right. Take care.